welcome back to the Magic Fandom Podcast. I am Alyssa. And I am Dalton. We are so excited to be back for another episode, especially this episode. It is another um, addition to our short-lived series series. And today we'll be talking about pushing daisies. Yes, it's finally happened. It's finally happened. We've, it's, we've talked about it for a couple weeks now. <laughs> I know, I was going to say, it's two <laughs> weeks coming. Um, but it's finally happening and we're so excited to talk about it because I feel like this might be one of my favorite short-lived series. Honestly, I, I was I think I may have said this last week when we were talking about it. I was very hesitant about this. Yeah. Um, I know we've said multiple times our friend Richard suggested this to us. Uh, he's been suggesting it before we, he even knew we were doing a podcast. He has told us that we needed to watch this. Yes. And I mean, I'm always hesitant with suggestions because I am very uh, opinionated and very. Um, I've, I've taken people up on suggestions a lot and. And then been disappointed. Been bitterly disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I like took it with a grain of salt and I, I'm not going to lie. It took maybe until the second or third episode before I was like, okay. really? Yeah. The first episode was a little slow to me. Okay. Um, but then like once it started picking up and I started picking up on things like, it's just so good. It's so good. And I get, I get that about the first episode. I do think though that the first episode has a lot to explain. Like, it's got a lot of, like, exposition to be like, hey, this is what these characters are about. This is what Ned can do, blah, 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 blah. And maybe that's why the first episode was so slow, because it just had, like, a whole bunch to explain. Um, speaking of that, though, do we want to just give, like, a short synopsis of, like, what Ned can do, what the rules are, that kind of a yeah, thing? Yeah, so, so this whole show, it's pushing daisies. It, it makes you think... I thought it had to do with like a coroner or a, a mortician or something of that ilk, which, it, which I mean, it is kind not of entirely false. Yeah, um, there is a coroner that plays a a recurring role in the series, mm-hmm. um, but it, it stems around the pie maker, yes. played by Lee Pace, um, who. And the the cast, at least the men in this cast, the main men, mm-hmm. are giants. Oh my gosh, they're, they're eleven feet tall. Uh, Lee Pace is six foot five, which, and if you don't recognize that name, uh, he, the only thing I know him from other than this and was the Hobbit. He played yeah. Thorin Oakenshield, and let me tell you. Lo- looks a lot different. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> First absolutely. off, he, he plays a dwarf, so obviously he's he's 6'5 in real life. Dwarves are not 6'5. No. Um, he also That's so had funny. long, dark hair and a long, dark beard. Mm-hmm. Does not look anything like yeah, he's very, his character. He's That's very his... clean cut. He's like the all-American boy yeah, he's, look. Yeah. And it's hard to peg exactly when this is supposed to have taken place which i kind of like it's like it's like a timeless thing it really is it's like a dr seuss pop-up book Mm -hmm. it's 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 hard to describe it is but it also kind of gives me um like fairy tale vibes especially with the little bit with the narration and stuff the narration uh by jim dale Mm -hmm. which I'm not sure what all he has done. Uh, wait, I do know this. He was in. Um, oh man. Well, yeah, I was gonna say just click I on his this. name. He was in something. Duh. He was in this. <laughs> he was the narrator. Um, I feel like he has a very specific voice, though. Oh, he was in Peach Dragon, the original Peach Dragon <gasps> from 1977. He was Doctor Terminus. Whoa. Um, we were just talking about Peach Dragon. Yeah. Oh my God. They sang. Candle on the Water in the Lighthouse episode. They did. That might From, be a callback to Jim Dale. That's a callback to Jim Dale. It's got to be. That's amazing. Um, but he was in a lot of stuff in the 60s and 70s. Okay. He does have a very distinct voice. And he's, I mean, the perfect voice for the narrator. It's very, I don't know. It's very classic. And he's apparently done a lot of Disney stuff because the the next thing next to his picture on IMDb is a picture of Walt. I was going to say, Jim Dale seems like... Like, why do I think he's the voice of Winnie the Pooh? Did I make that up? You know, that 
doesn't sound crazy. Right? Wait. Uh, Jim Dale, Winnie the Pooh. <gasps> Guys, am I a genius? You might be a genius. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's crazy. Who's Winnie good, the Pooh? Good call. <gasps> Look good at call. me. Look at me. Yep. Jim Dale. I don't know why. Because I was like, that name just like I know, and stands I, and out for we're, me. We're on IMDb where we get all of our knowledge about stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, that picture, I've 100% seen that picture of this man before. Yes. Like. And then I just, it just said that he also uh, does a bunch of voices for Harry Potter. In the, video, it says, in the video games, I think he did oh, a lot of voices in the video games. It says he set a world record when he used 125 different voices in the recording of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, a record which he broke when he used 134 different voices in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. So this dude is a prolific. Yes. Lithic? Lithic. Pro- prolific with an F. With an prolific. F? Prolific. Yeah. That's what I said first. Yeah, yeah. And you I were questioned right. myself. You're right. <laughs> Prolific voice actor. This guy has done yeah. a boatload of stuff. Absolutely. I feel like there's going to be people listening that are going to be like, why are they looking this up? Yes. So anyway, <laughs> because it's our podcast and we do what we want. Um, just kidding. Love you guys. No, no, no. I mean, like, they're going to ask. They're going to be like, well, everyone knows who Jim Dale is. They're going to think we're Oh, idiots. yeah, probably. You're probably right <laughs> with that. Now I'm sad. It's all right. Um, but anyways, he plays the narrator, and so he kind of maps everything out for the audience um, throughout this show. Uh, and he has a very, very distinct very speaking soothing voice. Yeah. voice, too. Very calming. Totally. Like, good narrator voice. Yes, absolutely. Um, I have no idea if it's even his real voice. He is... British. He is from the UK. So it's probably his real voice. Um, it's probably put on a little bit, but so you know. back back to the synopsis of what this yes. shows so about. We kind of went off about, on a tangent. We're talking about Ned, who is played by Lee Pace. Ned has a very interesting talent or curse or power. Power. He, what, what exactly would you call it? I don't really know. It's probably gift? a gift and a curse. Probably yeah. is what he would say. Um, he has the power to wake the dead. But only for one minute before something else happens. So he found this out when he was a kid. Mm -hmm. And my mom texted us last night. We told her (laughs) that they needed to at least watch the first episode. We'll try not to give away too many spoilers to everything. Ruh-roh. Ruh-roh. Yeah. Um, uh, She texted us and she was like, well, you could have warned us about this. Yeah. And I was like, oh, just keep watching. It's it's okay. Because <laughs> something happens in the first, like, 15 seconds of the show. That's, yeah. That could potentially be, uh, what do you call it, um, traumatizing. Yeah, but it's fixed in, like, two seconds. In two seconds. Yeah, that's why I was like, just keep watching it, yeah. and it gets better. So, anyway, he finds out at a very young age that he can touch a dead thing and bring it back to life. But... There are stipulations. Right. And he had to find that out the hard way. He finds that out the hard way. So you touch them once, they come back to life. Mm -hmm. You touch them again, they die forever. Forever. They can never be brought back. They can never be brought back. Additionally, if you leave or if Ned leaves the person or thing that he has touched, if he leaves them alive for more than one minute, something else in the vicinity, another living thing will die. So if he doesn't, he uh, looks at his clock, not when he was a kid, but now he looks at his clock and he makes sure it's that's, one minute. That's called a watch. Well, also a clock. Whatever. A clock you wear on your wrist is called a watch. Cool. <laughs> Dalton knows lots of things. Well, um, I just thought it was weird that you would call it a watch when he like, or no, that you would call it a clock. Guys, it's late. <laughs> it is late. It is uh, past the, our bedtime. It's probably the latest we've ever recorded. It's fine. Life happens. Um. Anyway, he looks at his wrist clock and <laughs> <laughs> um, makes sure that he counts one minute because if, again, if he leaves them alive for more than a minute, something else in the vicinity dies. Again, something that he had to learn the hard way when he was a child. Um, so... Won't give away how that happens. Right. It, it is all, exp- like... Most of all of that is explained in the first episode. Correct. So if you just want to watch that first episode, it explains a lot. And I promise you, you're going to want to keep watching. But also, I I, wa- I really wanted to talk about like the ending and how we felt about it. Can we still do that? We can definitely still do that because, to be fair, 
this is a short-lived series series. This thing was canceled. This was yeah. It was shut down after like before the second season ended. So it it they wrap things up quick and so it quick. is not satisfying. It's it's not but I I so appreciate So many questions still unanswered. Correct, but I appreciate what they tried to do. It it felt very very rushed because I feel like a lot of things were all of a sudden resolved in the last 2 minutes of the last episode. I'm, but I, I'd be willing to bet 45 seconds. Right, <laughs> but I also understand that it probably was not their fault. No, it definitely wasn't. Um in fact, just looking through the IMDb trivia, they like they kind of hint at what there's a lot more that they wanted to explore oh, that they I had, never got a chance to. Yeah, I have a couple fun facts that um that I read when I was doing research for this about what future episodes might have looked like, etc. Um, but anyway, that is that is Ned's gift that he can bring things back to life, and then when he touches them a second time. They are dead forever. So now, one, one thing that I noticed that I thought was pretty cool and that I had originally before it got answered just by watching the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a question that immediately popped in my head when they brought that up. Mm-hmm. If he touches a dead animal and keeps it alive for more than a minute, then another animal will die. If okay. he touches a piece of fruit for uh uh touches a piece of dead fruit that comes back to life after a minute another plant matter will die okay so it's like of equal value equal to whatever value. he touches so it's not like if he touches you know a a, a leaf that fell on the ground somebody will die a, a person would drop yeah it. yeah yeah it, it, it's there's equality there's yeah. a balance there and that's important to mention i think i didn't i don't think that i like made that connection but it's important that that it's of well, that's, equal like, value they first, yeah the first that was one of the first things that i thought of was like oh what well how about this but then like throughout the show it it doesn't really say that explicitly but through everything that happens it's implied right right and so when we're talking about the cast um, we definitely need to talk about Chuck next. And backstory on Chuck. Again, I know that we are trying not to do too many spoilers, but I feel like I do want to talk about the details of some episodes. So apologies and spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. <laughs> um, but so Chuck is Ned's uh, childhood sweetheart. They grew up together when they were kids. They were uh, next door neighbors. And um, he... Uh, lo- long story long, they grew up and they grew apart and um, she got into some trouble and she died. She died. She died. She straight up died on a cruise ship. Straight up died. Straight up. Uh, was strangled, I'm pretty sure. Murdered. Right? Yeah, strangled. Yeah. So anyway. Or, I don't think strangled. Asphyxiated because I think they put a plastic bag over her head. Okay. So gotcha. a little bit different than str- so, um. Ned finds out about this through the news and uh, comes uh, to see her, to see her body, I guess, at the funeral home, right? Well, somebody had come to her, come to another main character. Yes. Emerson Codd, played by Chai McBride, Mm -hmm. who my dad found out uh, was in Gone in in 60 Seconds. Okay. He was in that movie. Cool. Um, I'm sure he's been in other stuff as well, but and that and this guy is six four. Like the the yeah, men in this show are huge. They're huge. Emerson Cod is a private investigator yes. who has teamed up with Ned uh, to solve murders, basically because he's like, I'm gonna make friends with this guy because he can actually ask the dead people who, who killed, killed them. <laughs> so that's basically the whole premise of the show: is these people trying to solve these murders uh, using the actual dead bodies and bringing them to life. But you know. Every single time the dead bodies are like, either I don't know who killed me or I know who killed me, but it was this, this, and this. It was always more complicated. There's more to it. It's complicated. Yeah. And it, it may seem like it's repetitive, but it really never really seems not. repetitive. No. Because there's so many, it's so bright and vibrant, and there's so oh many gosh. great characters. This, this series is chock full of guest appearances oh my gosh the cameos are insane i have i have a note about that too but what you were saying first about visuals like it's so bright and colorful and it was just just eye candy it's so nice to watch i mean it seriously looks like a picture book 
it's it, yeah it's, it's like it's, a, i wrote is like a moving painting almost yes, you yes. know um but anyway so <laughs> we keep like going off on tangents but it's fine it's fine um so somebody comes to ned and emerson cod asking about the whereabouts of this woman chuck who is actually named charlotte yes charlotte. Um, but he calls her chuck from when they were kids because um, that's what her dad called her right and so he comes and he promises emerson cod he promises the private investigator that he will only keep her alive for one minute and then put her back in the ground so that they can go on about their business and solve their murder however he sees her all of these feelings come flooding back. This is a true, I mean, this is like a murder mystery show, but it's also kind of a love story. It, I mean, it really is. It really is. Like, they see each other and the feelings are still there. And he's like, how can I kill this woman again? I have to keep her alive for more than one minute. And he does. Uh, therefore, killing the funeral director that happened to be in the next room. Um, but to be fair, he was kind of a terrible. Yeah, he was he well. was a jerk, so it was fine. But she becomes one of the main characters of the show. She is uh, the dead girl that was brought back to life, and they kind of the girl who lived. Yes, the girl who lived. Um, and their love story unfolds throughout these uh, episodes. But the catch is that because he touched her once to bring her back to life, they can never touch again and that is just heartbreaking yeah every episode was so like oh my gosh i was so frustrated because the chemistry between these two are is so good the chemistry between them the the um not not obviously not a physical relationship but the emotional connection yes but the uh. overall chemistry between the entire main cast yes uh we haven't even brought up the uh Kristen Chenoweth. Oh, the incomparable Kristen Chenoweth. Who is in I can't. this. She plays Olive, who works at the pie maker, Ned, as, at his pie shop as a waitress. And she is also in love with Ned, but knows that Ned... Yeah. I, I mean, a, it's crazy. It's a love triangle. And then we have we have not said that um, Chuck's name is Anna Friel. Um, also, did you know she was British in real life? I did know that. Oh, you did? Yes. My mind was blown when I read that today. I was like, what? And it said that she used her American accent the entire, the time, entire time, even like Except between scenes. She all, she did the, uh, there was a commercial, if you remember that, the Dandelion episode. Yes, with she, the weird costumes. With the weird costumes. She she did the voice for the commercial. <gasps> oh, that's and cool. That, and it was in her British voice. Her oh, real that's voice. cool. I like that. I love her. I think she's beautiful. I'm going to be honest. Almost everybody in this is good looking. They are. Like, it's just they got good looking people in this. It's true. It's true. Um, and while we're talking about the cast really quick, um, I know I'm going to miss some people. There are a ton, like Dalton said, there are a ton of cameos in this. Every episode we like somebody, some random supporting character pops up and we're like, oh, my gosh, it's that guy, you know. Um, but I wrote down specifically the Broadway cameos are insane you're, y'all okay yeah theater you're gonna kids, have to lead those because i'm not gonna know that's those. fine theater kids if you have not watched pushing daisies you're missing out because a kristen chenoweth sings multiple times oh my gosh this isn't a musical by any means no but at it kind of feels like one it does kind of feel like one on occasion yeah but on at least four or five different occasions kristen chenoweth just has a, a number i'm obsessed and i read that um if there had been more episodes they were going to do an entirely an entire musical, musical episode. episode that'd be cool and that makes that me really cool. sad because it got to happen. Oh, that would be beautiful but anyway okay so Kristen Chenoweth, obviously, she's not really a cameo. She's a lead. But other Broadway people that are in it, um, Raul Esparza, he was in Company. And I'm pretty sure he also did Phantom on Broadway. You can fact check me. Raul Esparza was in the first season. I can't remember what he did. But he was like the shady guy with the briefcase. But then he, he was like, Alfredo Aldarici. There you go. And it was kind of into Olive for a second. Remember, he would come to the pie shop. That's he, Raul Esparza. He was the, the dude that sold the stuff her uh not hermetic uh oh 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 homeopathic homeopathic yeah that's homeopathic correct. drugs that's correct yes yeah, so rollo sparza he's a broadway guy voice okay. of an angel um also uh christopher sieber 
Uh, I can't remember who he played in this. Chris, oh, but you have the list. I have the list. Uh, Just keep describing them. Christopher Sieber was in Shrek. He was Lord Farquaad in Shrek the Musical. Um, I think he was also in a bunch of other Broadway stuff. Uh, apologies if I forgot something notable of his. Uh, but he was in it. Also, Ellen Green played Aunt Vivian. Um, and she's a recurring character. I don't know that she'd be a lead, but she's in pretty I much think every she's episode. Considered a lead. The, um, I think the two aunts are considered, or well. She has done, Ellen Green has done several theater things, but most notably, she was in the film version of Little Shop of Horrors. Yes. Uh, she was Audrey. She had that um, iconic, very, very unique singing voice. That and that not... high pitched voice. And yeah. that she still has. I, I'm convinced that that's her real voice. I will say. Her voice is not for everyone. Her voice is not for everyone, <laughs> but I think that was intentional. But enough. she's, I mean, but she's classic. She's a legend. Um, so that's another theater type person. Um, but that's the ones that I, that I wrote down. I'm probably forgetting a bunch, but there are just so many theater references and theater people in this that it makes me so happy. I'll just go over a few of the other sure. guest cameos real quick. David Arquette. Yes. Um, Tina Gloss. Uh, he played Ned's mother. She was just in it for like an episode. Oh, okay. Two, yeah. Um, who else do we got? We have Paul Rubens. Pee Wee. That's right. Pee-wee he was the underground Herman guy. Was, is in this. And he's in it for like three or a four couple, episodes. Yeah, he has a bit of an arc. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, the first time you see him, you don't see his whole face. You just kind of see it. But I picked him out instantly. You did. You were like, is that Paul like, Rubens? Is that, is that Paul Rubens? And I was like, what? And then you see his face. I was like, oh my God, that's Paul Rubens. <laughs> Loved it. Um, let's see who else we got. Um, French Stewart. Yes. He was uh, in an episode. Molly Shannon. Mm-hmm. Ricky Lindholm. Ricky Lindholm. Uh, let's Missy Pyle. Fred Willard. Just I mean this tons ton. and tons ton. of people that you would. Graham McTavish. Yeah. Also from The Hobbit. Yeah. So they were in The Hobbit together <gasps> later oh. on. They were in this together first. That's crazy. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's um, cool. Yeah, yeah a ton mean, of people. So many. Nora Dunn. Just so many people were in this. And like I said, it's just pretty to sit and watch. It's just beautiful. The costumes are unreal. That, it, it's these, like it's cars from the 40s and 50s. Yeah. Uh, well, probably 30s and 40s. And then so. clothes from every time. Clothes from every time. They have, occasionally they'll have, like, I, there was one episode where there's a sick kid, but he had, like, ice. he was iced out. He had bling and chains and stuff like that. Right. And so it, it, that makes it seem like it's modern. And there's a lot of, uh, like, he was watching TV, so TVs but were he a was, thing. But he was watching black and white TV. He was watching old yeah. TV shows. Yeah. But... Everything else, like, it's just so confusing. I think it's just supposed to be, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Timeless. I guess timeless. Timeless works. Yeah. Um, or um, ambiguous. Ambiguous. That's <gasps> the word I was looking. I was about to say androgynous, and I was like, well, that's not right. <laughs> ambiguous. It's ambiguous. an SAT word. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, it's true. And I kind, like I said, I kind of like that that you can't really set it in any sort of specific time. It just works. It's just a story. It doesn't really matter what time it is. Um, and I love that. Oh, you know what? I just popped in my head. Uh, and they had to, well, they didn't copy it. The series of unfortunate events. Mm-hmm. It gives me those vibes. Mm. Like style wise? Style wise. The film style and everything. Yeah. How yeah. it was like long pan shots. And I see that. Stuff like that. I was like, oh, I wonder if they kind of copied that aesthetic. Yeah. I definitely see that. It's like a darker version. Yeah. Of it. I also read that um, they were, Brian Fuller, the creator of the show, was influenced by Amelie. Did you ever see that movie, Amelie? Uh, I, I, I know what the, the DVD cover looks like. <laughs> okay. It's, uh, he was very heavily influenced by that. That okay. one is a lot of bright colors and yeah. stuff like that. But the storyline wise is pretty similar too because it's about a girl who can't touch yes who's who i guess there's like a condition i haven't seen in a very long time but i remember loving it she has some sort of a condition or maybe she thinks she has a condition where she can't touch people or else she'll get really sick and so brian fuller was inspired by this story and the like artistic style of amelie which i thought was pretty cool um another fun fact while just while we're talking about the uh 
filmmaking in general, uh, the set of Pushing Daisies has been used in many other TV shows. And, and I you, clocked you, this. I was about to say, you clocked this pretty early on. Pretty early on, because apparently I watch a lot of TV. So the Pushing well, Daisies... one in particular. Well, so, so many of these. Uh, Pushing Daisies set is the same set as Pretty Little Liars. So it's... Uh, what's their town called? Rosewood. It's the town of Rosewood. Also, it's the town of Stars Hollow from Gilmore Girls. That's the one you clocked pretty early on. You were like, is that the gazebo from... from <laughs> From, from uh, <laughs> Stars Hollow. And I was like, what? And they she was were, like, that's the gazebo from Stars Hollow. 100%. They were in the middle of the town square. And I was like, that's the gazebo. I was like, 100%. You, you've watched that show way too um, much. Also, Ghost Whisperer, if you guys want a throwback. That's, uh, that is also the set from Ghost who Whisperer. Who was that? That was Jennifer Love Hewitt. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Hewitt. Um, yeah. So this set has been reused several times, um, but also always dressed differently. Um, but I feel like it worked for this particular show. I think it was it was pretty good. Um, okay, another note. I had a, I have a bunch of other fun facts that we can get to in a second. Um, but question for you. Do you have actually two questions? First question. You're going to ask me what my favorite episode is, aren't you? Well, that's my second one. Okay. My first one is, do you have a favorite character? Do I have a favorite character? Well, I mean... See, that's the thing. They they all work so well together. They really do. Um, but I think I may have to if we're just going like the the main cast, I'll probably have to say Emerson Cod. I'll probably have to say I knew you were gonna say Emerson Cod. Because I mean, I love a good romance too. Yeah. Lee Pace is just a little too like, man, you're so big, you should be so much more like <laughs> He's he his character. You're right. His character in this is very um, reserved. Reserved. I was gonna say meek. That's a good word. Uh, but yeah, no, I think and you're right. I guess it comes honestly. Yeah. He doesn't want to accidentally kill someone. <laughs> yeah. You know that kind. You of know, thing. casual. But uh, yeah, Chai McBride. I mean, he's the one that carries the gun around. He's he's the, the he's the muscle. The muscle. The, yeah. He's the private investigator that does all this. And he has all the funny one-liners. He has a ton very, of great lines. Very sarcastic. Um, I mean, I love I love a good yeah. sarcastic dude. He's great. His character is really well he, written. He also is the the only character that will call all the other characters out on their bull. That's very true. That's he's very like, very true. Y'all are all acting stupid. Yeah. <laughs> true uh fun fact i can actually slip one of my fun facts in here while we're talking about emerson uh you're gonna love him even more after this fun fact chai mcbride wrote his own backstory that's that's dope (laughs) brian fuller brian fuller the creator wanted to take emerson cod in a completely different direction but chai mcbride came in and was like um so this is what i've been thinking yeah he was like so um i think i have a a lost daughter somewhere that i'm trying to find and also i think i'm into like pop-up books (laughs) and (laughs) and knitting because there's a couple of episode arc where he's just like knitting all the time and brian fuller was like all right that (laughs) sounds was just like okay (laughs) um so he came up with with Emerson Cobb's awesome. backstory. Isn't that I, cool? Yeah, that, that, I mean, that makes me like that character even I more. I thought you might. I thought you might. Um, my next question for you is, what is your favorite episode? Oh, that's a tough one. Because like I said, there's so many good oh, episodes. While you're thinking, I can talk about my favorite character because go, I forgot to say go that. right for it. Um, I lo- well, I love Chuck. Uh, I love her. A- her acting is very earnest and believable. Um, I also think she's very pretty and she has pretty dresses. So I really like her. Um, and just the way she plays Chuck in all of her, in all of her craziness is really, really cool. But I think towards the end, I liked Olive more and more. The beginning I was like, okay, I kind of get her. Like I get it. And And then later on you're like, Oh, she is actually very integral to this whole operation. She really, really is. And I I, I, I mean, I think I told you this, and I'm going to get a lot of hate from this, I'm sure. Rut-row. I never was a big Kristen Chenoweth fan. Gasp. She always just seems rather annoying to me. Theater kids everywhere are screaming and throwing their phones. Come at me. <laughs> I... I would agree. She does have some uh, tendencies to be like a little bit nasal, a little bit nails on chalkboard. 
It's not her voice. It's not her voice? It's like her personality and acting is just annoying. <laughs> I mean, and talk about how the, the two men in this show are a million feet tall. Kristen Chenoweth is 4'11". Yeah. So when you have her next to these tall guys, you're like, oh, she's so tiny. Well, and Anna Friel isn't very tall no, either. Like, no, no. I mean, it's... It's a change. It's, it's a, a difference. Big, I mean, there's a foot plus a, a difference between Yeah, them. totally. But And I will say, Kristen Chenoweth's character... Build it on, build it, built on me. Like, grew on it me. It grew on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you liked her. M- I liked her more at the end than I did at the beginning. Would you say that you like Kristen Chenoweth more than you used to, or is mm. it was it just her character that you liked? I would say I probably have a, a different. I've gained a little bit more respect for her. Okay. But you can't. This is all unwarranted. I have no reason to not like this woman. <laughs> But you can't deny that she has the voice of an angel when she sings, right? Do you like her singing voice? See, that's the thing. I don't like singers that sing like they know how to sing. You just like how it comes natural. Technical singers annoy me to death. Because, okay, yeah, you can hit the note perfectly, but you sound like a robot when you sing. I get that. It's like, I I have no, there's no emotion coming to me. I don't feel your emotion. She had some pretty emotional moments in the songs in this show, though. Because she was pining over Ned, you know? Um, but I, I mean, I can definitely understand where you're coming from with her for sure. Um, okay. So favorite episode. I'm going to, I probably have to say that's tough. There's so many good episodes, but I mean, I like the ones with Paul Rubens in it. Yeah. I like, I like that little story arc that was involved. Yeah. Um, I don't know what episode that was. It was the first season. It was, it was early on. Um, it was the one where the 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 smelling guy, like the guy. He that, was he. That was him, right? He well, could he was smell... one of them. Like, okay. The the main one. He was in the sewers, and the main one that was okay. all the good smells. Gotcha. It sounds like we're smoking something right now. I, I was mean... like, you know, the one with the guys that smell. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> they smell. One one lives in the sewers and smells, and well, one likes the good smells. Like, hopefully, a it lot makes of the sense people. If you've seen it, people. yes. Hopefully, a lot of the people listening have also seen the show, so they understand what. <laughs> talking about um i hope so at least um, and if not i hope this will lead you all to go watch this yes. because it's a wonder it's, it's so good it's only two seasons the first season yeah, it's has 18 episodes nine no in total no there isn't that's what the wrong. article said the article said that because uh the last three episodes weren't aired in america until 2009 uh... The last three episodes of the second season were aired originally. The, for the first time, they were aired in Germany. And oh. it wasn't until 2009 that they were aired in the U.S. So that may be an old article that you saw. Because the first season has nine episodes. And the second season has 13 episodes. So basic oh. math will tell you that it is not 18 episodes. <laughs> basic math will tell you. Okay, well, then the article lied to me. So that's not my fault. Or it could, there could have been one that aired as a double episode because there was one where it was like a to be continued kind of episode. Yes. So they, they could be combining episodes to one right. long episode. That could have been what that they were referring to. I wrote down a couple for my favorite. I, re- I honestly, contrary to what you said in the beginning of this, I really liked the pilot. A, because the name of the episode was pilot oh my gosh all the episodes are puns yes it's amazing it is amazing um but also i think it just it mapped everything out really really well and like i said it it does have a lot to explain with the whole backstory with what ned can do and stuff but it, it just it i remember watching it for the first time and it just like got me immediately i was like oh my gosh this is my kind of show so i wrote that down as one and then i also really loved um the nunnery story arc. Oh yeah, that was good. That Especially was... when everybody comes, like yes. when um, Ned and Emerson that's... and Chuck come to see Olive in the that's nunnery. That's also the that's episode where Graham McTavish is in. Yes, 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 yes. So IMDb is is telling me that there were actually twenty two episodes. Whoa. Uh, three. What is one, two, three, four, five, six? There was eight characters that were in all twenty two episodes. Okay. 
Gotcha. All of them we've referred to. Uh-huh. Um, Swoozy Kurtz, who plays the, the other aunt. Other aunt, aunt which Lily. we find out may not be exactly who that is. Um, and then one other character, Field Kate, who plays Young Ned. Yes. So every episode starts off with the narrator talking about uh, Ned as a child and what right. he went through as a child. Um, very interesting, very sad backstory to Ned. Very sad. He he had to deal with a lot. I mean, he was basically, he was surrounded by death his whole life. Pretty much. That was it. And he was always like an outcast because he never wanted to touch anything or yeah, anybody. Like, poor thing. So sad. Um, and then I also wrote the food competition episode in season two I really liked. That we just watched uh, oh, recently. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was one I of the last cool. episodes. That was a pretty good episode. Yeah. Guest starring um, several people. Ned's mom from How I Met Your Mother. Wait, what? Who? What? You did not notice that? Whose mom? Ted. You said, I said Ned. Ned. Ted's mom from How I Met Your Mother. Was in the food competition episode? She was the buffalo lady. No, she wasn't, babe. 100% that was the no, same woman. No, because that's... Well, then who was that? <laughs> We've seen that woman. But that... The the mom from... how Ted's mom from How I Met Your Mother is a completely different woman. I, I don't know that that's true. <laughs> we um, can look it up. But... Yeah, we'll look that up. But who else was in that from uh, oh, oh, Modern oh, Family? Yes, yes. Um, What's his name? Cam from Modern Family. What's his real name? Eric Stone Street? Yes, Eric Stone Street. That's was correct. in that one. Um, Yeah, that was really funny. Yeah, that was a good episode. That was really that, good. That was, yeah, that was a good good episode. Okay, so I know that we are not, again, not providing a whole lot of spoilers or trying not to um, because we do want to entice everybody to go and watch this. It's on HBO Max, by the way, if you are HBO wondering. Max. Um, but I would I need to talk about this. Let's talk about it. Um, the Ned's father storyline was going in such a cool direction. Yes. But I was so angry. And I'm sure, it, again, it was just a victim of the cancellation that if they had more episodes, they would go more into Ned's father and what he did in the past and what he's doing in the present and all of that stuff. But they just didn't. And so the last time we see Ned's father, we don't even see him. Or no, we did see him for a second. Right? We saw his face. We saw his face. And it's the, if you remember the old commercials from the 90s the ritz cracker like the toasted this is so niche rich, rich cracker commercials so that specific. guy i don't remember his name <laughs> but he's like the really tan guy i feel like it's also the guy from casper meets wendy 100 percent, it is it is it is he's like the 100%. villain from casper yep. meets wendy lol if uh, any if, if y'all know who he is that's that's who he is um, but we only see his face once because once. every time Ned's father is mentioned, it's just the back of him with his hat and his briefcase. And then we finally see his face because he shows up in the present time. And that's it. He was like, oh, Ned's father. Da -da 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 -da. Well, they I mean, they were obviously going to explore. Things. Right. But I'm just frustrated that they yeah. didn't get a chance, um, you know. And who knows if y'all if y'all have found anything where. They talk about like maybe uh, the creator has written something or mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. Let us know because I, I there's still so many questions that I have. So many questions. And but but also I was about to bring up George Hamilton. George Hamilton. There you go, y'all. George Hamilton. That's him. Um. So I was about to bring up the ending again, the, the series ending that they did try their best to tie up a lot of loose ends very, very, very quickly. And it was more, maybe it wasn't like tying up loose ends as like, where are they now? Kind of a thing where like, um, Olive is like starting her own thing. And then Chuck and Ned are doing this and all of this stuff. It's basically like, this is what they're doing. And then it just ends. And we're like, what? It's seriously, like, it's seriously, the final episode, it goes from the story of the final episode to wrapping the entire series up in a couple of minutes. Yeah, it, it's, is it was like, I got whiplash. Very, very quick. I was like, oh my gosh. But again, not their fault. I'm sure they were just trying to end it in such a way that it, you know, it, it still felt like an ending as opposed to ending it on a cliffhanger or on like a random episode 
where they're not going to come back at all. So I appreciate them for trying. And I will say that that did not um, change my opinion of the show as a whole because the show as a whole, I loved. And I still love it, even with the crazy rushed ending. It's still definitely one of my favorite shorter series that oh my we have gosh. watched. Yeah, I, I will. We will definitely be watching this again. Oh yeah, um, totally. And I'm glad that you liked it so much. I was like worried for a second that you were gonna think it was weird, but then I was like, no, I think he's gonna like it's it. It's definitely weird. I'm it not is weird. gonna say that it's not not weird. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's so. What's the word? Um. I don't know. It's inviting, like total. That's a great word, actually. It's it's welcoming. It's it's like um, it's like comfort food. Honestly, the fact that he runs a pie shop makes sense because the show is like dessert. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a visual dessert. It's very, it's 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 awesome. I love it. Can't say enough good things about it. Um, so I have a couple of fun facts that we have not touched on a lot of these we have um but i want to talk a little bit about barry sonnefeld or sonfeld sonnefeld um who was one of the main directors of the series um he hated blue the color blue the color blue well there's a lot of blue in this no there wasn't was there not i mean the sky was blue well the production designer was told by barry sonnefeld he was given a, quote, no blues rule. There is very, very, very little blue in the entire series. Isn't that crazy? That, that's interesting. Like, if you, I, if you look back, it's a lot of, that. well, it's a lot of, like, warm colors. If you think back, it's a lot of yellows and reds and oranges. And, yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Pinks. Um, you don't see a lot of blue. So he was given a no blues rule by Barry Sonnefeld. Fun fact. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a fun it's kind of weird to not like the color blue. right and i don't know i didn't i didn't do any like more research in any deeper research than that i think maybe the director just didn't really like the color blue uh on screen you know so maybe he was like i don't really like blues on set like i don't like how they look i like warmer colors so um i thought that was kind of interesting uh okay second fun fact that we haven't talked about yet this is crazy. Are you ready for this? I'm ready for this. After its first season, Pushing Daisies had more Emmy nominations than episodes. <laughs> wow. Isn't that's, that crazy? That's pretty cool. There were nine episodes in the first season, and there were 12 Emmy nominations. And okay. they won three of them, which I thought was that's, pretty cool. Yeah. How did it get canceled? I know. It said the only thing. Well, the only thing that I read was that it was low ratings in the second season. The ratings were low. Huh. So rude. So rude. There is. I mean, he did say Brian Fuller in 2017 said that there is a possibility for a um, reunion or a reboot or whatever. He's like, it's not off the table. Well, that that would be good. Well, did you know that it was actually a spinoff of another show? Yeah, Dead Like Me, which I've never seen. Yeah. And it, because that's another Brian Fuller show. That's another Brian Fuller show. And I think it's another short lived series. I think it's another one that we might be able to. uh, That would be cool. To do that on. Because then we can compare. Yeah. Um, I, I read though that it was supposed to be a spinoff and then it wasn't. Uh, it was supposed to be, and it still kind of was, okay. but it's not, it, what I saw said it was, um, more in like theory, it was a spinoff. It, I see. it was supposed to be more connected than what they actually ended up making. It. I see. I see. Um, what was I going to say? Um, Another yeah. fun fact? Oh, 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 no, that that was all my, for my fun facts. But we were talking about um, Brian Fuller and him saying that there's a possibility or always a possibility for a reboot or a reunion. There's also a possibility that it could be made into a musical, like a stage musical. Ah. I would love it. I think it lends itself beautifully to be written into a musical. It was two seasons as well. So we could definitely, we could definitely. Oh, Dead Like Me? Yeah, we could cool. definitely do that. Yeah, I mean, if we liked um, this one, we'll definitely like that one. Uh, sh- episode in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I just thought of another episode I liked really a lot. What? The episode where we go. So Emerson Cod's 
private investigation office mm-hmm. is above a Chinese restaurant. Yes. And there's an episode where we go into that restaurant mm-hmm. and they deal with a murder within that restaurant. That was a good that one. That was a very good episode. That was too. a very good one. I really like that episode. Yeah, that's a really good one. There's so, I mean, all the episodes have things that I like in them. And again, it's just so nice. It's just so lovely to watch. It's very, very nice. Can't recommend it enough. <clears throat> okay, do you have any um, anything else that you would like to say before our game? Would you do you have anything? Yeah, uh, we may come back to this again just to talk a little bit more. Um, yeah, we, yeah, we kind of did a general we, overview. We kind of did a general overview because we do know uh, some people that told us that they were going to be watching this. And so we know they listen and we don't really want to spoil it super, super much. We spoiled um, a little bit, we, but we, we did do well. We definitely spoiled some a little bit, but I think oh, the overall gist of it we we've kind of spared. So there may be a point where we come back and retalk about this in a future episode. Where yeah. We could, there, I mean, we've all, I, we've already had tons of people come to us and and say, "Oh my gosh, I wish y'all could do this live so we could call in." Because yeah. <laughs> there's there's stuff that y'all are leaving out that I want y'all to talk about. I know. And yeah. It's like, oh yeah. It's like, well, we're but I also for time. when people tell us that though, I'm also like, we can't please everybody. Well, we can't no, sit and we and can't talk for six sit, hours. I mean, yeah, we're not gonna do, uh, especially on some of the ones that we've done longer stuff on. It's yeah. like we're not gonna sit here for six hours and dissect everything. So. And this again is part of our short-lived series series, so it is hard to really sit and talk about every single episode in its entirety, all of this stuff. TV shows are harder to kind of, um, I don't know, make a comprehensive episode about. Yeah, like when uh, – because with the Friends reunion coming out soon, Mm -hmm. I'm sure we're going to do – because we watch Friends all the time. Yeah, it's like our background show. We just watch it constantly. Yeah. but yeah, we'll do that, an there's episode. Ten, on that. There's ten seasons of that. There, that's that would be a day long episode. We yeah, could talk there's about no it. way. Yeah, exactly. And we have shows that we, we we've wanted to do, like How I Met Your Mother, and long. <laughs> okay, you got a bit of a cough there, babe. Yeah, You're still recovering still from recovering last from week. That, from okay, that great. Cold last week. <laughs> um, more long form shows that like guarantee we're gonna leave some stuff out because you know we try to keep our episodes hour hour and a half and so that stuff like that is kind of harder to put into a concise and when we one do our hour Lord episode, of the Rings episode huh? I, I oh just, my gosh um that prepare yourselves for that one folks that one that one might have to be multiple that episodes. one that one may be our first episode where we like well we're gonna talk about this for two weeks yeah where we're like or no we could do an episode per movie Although, but I don't want to do, lot. but I don't want to do the Hobbit ones. You I don't, don't like them. You don't like them. See, that's... see, people are going to come for me for that. Uh, They'll come for you for Kristen Chenoweth. They'll come for me for the <laughs> Hobbit. <laughs> um, I'd be more scared of the people afraid of, or the people coming at you for the Hobbit. I'd yeah, be probably, more... probably. Um, I think I could deal with some theater kids. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you clearly not met enough theater kids. Um. So anyway, yes. So please let us know what we missed talking about in this episode. Let us know what your favorite episode is of Pushing Daisies, if you've seen it. And if this episode made you go and watch Pushing Daisies, please let us know. We would love to hear that. Um, Okay. I have a game. Are you ready? I'm always ready. It's a trivia game. Of course. Fun. We love trivia here at Magic Fandom. Surprise, it's more trivia. Um, and it, it's actually only seven questions, but Short a lot of these are um, like a little bit detailed, so they might take you a little bit longer. Ooh. Um, okay, question number one. Which is the only character whose last name is never mentioned? Ned's? Yeah. Yeah. Did you notice that? Because I didn't. Um, let's see... And Olive that's, so my bonus, Snook. my bonus question is, give me the full names of everybody else. Olive Snook? Snook, yeah. Snook. Uh, Emerson Codd. Right. Charlotte Chuck Charles. Very nice. Whose father is Charles Charles. Yep. <laughs> Fun fact, real quick. Yeah. Did you notice the shoes they were wearing? Who? Ned and, and Chuck. The shoes they were wearing, just in general, in all the episodes, or yeah, no. Um, I'm pretty sure in every episode, Ned was wearing black Converse's. Ah, huh. Chuck Taylor's. 
Oh my gosh, amazing! And then uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Chuck was also wearing Chucks. Okay, but I think hers were like orange or something or green. I don't remember. I thought you were gonna be like, and Chuck was wearing Neds. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was like, okay, that's funny. I do remember his black uh, Converse. Now that you yeah. mention it, yeah, that's funny. Um, okay, question two. Oh, do I, any of the other ones? Oh, Charlotte Charles, Olive Snook, Emerson Cod, and the two aunts. Do you remember their names? We were talking about them Lily earlier. and Vivian. Yes, and, and their last name. Charles? Yes. Yeah. Yep. They, and I don't know that we talked about the aunts enough. They're very eclectic characters. They're um, just a little bit crazy. One's missing an eye. A little bit kooky. Do you remember how she lost her eye? Uh... I don't remember how she lost. I her think eye. it was like cat litter got in her eye. That's exactly what. Isn't that it what was. it is? It was cat litter. It was either cat litter or bird seed or some sort of an animal yeah, or something got it, in her eye. It was eye. cat litter. And she wore an eye patch the whole time, but it was like a bedazzled, bejeweled eye patch. Yes. Talk about costumes. The two ants had the craziest had costumes. Some crazy costumes. Um, but they were always lovable. They were never annoying to me. Oh, something we didn't mention. Chuck changed her hairstyle. Yeah. Every time she was on scene. What was with Anna Friel? I want to look this up because she had different hair every couple of episodes and it was noticeable. She started, I would say every episode and sometimes multiple times an episode. Maybe not every episode, but there was towards the end. There was multiple times in an episode where we're like, does she have a different wig? Like different hair? She starts the series with like curly kind of frizzy cute hair and she ends the series with like bone straight hair and front bangs. Well, to be fair. To be fair, oh. <laughs> uh, shout out Letterkenny. Um, she she looked all of her hairstyle. She looked pretty. Oh, she's really. very pretty. Yeah, but I was like, why is she changing her hair so much? I, that's so weird. You're right. Um, okay, question number two. Speaking of Chuck, what two things is Chuck said to smell like? Talking honey about and, that honey smelling. Ah, oh, I thought I was gonna get you. Nah, fam. Yes. I told you my favorite episode was yeah, the smelling episode. You did. You did. She has a distinct smell of honey and death. Um, why, fun fact, tell the people well, at home, she, why does she, well, obviously, other than death, why does she smell like honey? Because she's a beekeeper. She is. She keeps bees. She, she likes bees. She really does. Um, let's see. Question number three. What two things does Emerson Cod do in his spare time? I think we mentioned this. We mentioned one. Well, no, I mentioned both. Oh, yeah, we did mention both. Um, he he is writing a pop up book, mm -hmm. and he also likes to knit. Correct. He knit, remember he knit the like gun he holsters. Knit, he knit shoulder <laughs> harnesses. Yeah. Um, for those of y'all who don't know what it is, it's it's a it's a harness that you put like you put on kind of like a backpack. And the holster for the gun is like under an armpit. So yeah. People will wear it like over, a, like under a coat. Right. Um, for quick access. And he knit and them. And he knitted them. That's <laughs> and amazing. They, I mean, to be fair, they look really cool. They look great. They look great. Um, yeah, that's really funny. Okay. Question number four. Before she started working at the pie hole, what was Olive's past profession? Oh. I remember this because there was an episode on this as well. There was. Uh, oh, another really good one, actually. That, yes, that's what I'm saying. There were so many good episodes. <laughs> there were. That it's hard to just like pick one that yeah. was your favorite. Uh, she was a jockey. Very good. You're killing this. You're killing this. Um, okay. Question number five. What food was Vivian and Lily? Were Vivian and Lily? What food were Vivian and Lily particularly obsessed with? Oh, that's an easy one. Um, oops, sorry, just bumped the mic. Uh, that's an easy one. There are many different kinds. Mm -hmm. They were scattered all over their house. Yep. Um, and they put it on everything, and that would be cheese. Cheese. To the point where Chuck, who grew up with her aunts, I don't know if I, we told you that, um, she grew up with these two aunts, <clears throat> Lily and Vivian, excuse me, and she called a refrigerator a cheese box. Because that was the only thing that they kept in there. Yeah. She thought that those were called cheese boxes. <laughs> um, Gruyere. Mm-hmm. Gouda. Very. They really liked Gruyere. Gr how do you say it? Gruyere. 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 
Gruyere, um, they liked that in particular because whenever they would order pies from Ned's Pie Shop, they liked Gruyere baked into well, the crust. Well, I mean, I think that was – they liked Gruyere before that. Yeah, but I that think, was like the thing in the show. Yeah, she, she would bake into Gruyere the into the crust Which of the pie. Which doesn't sound awesome. It does not sound awesome, but they made it seem on the show that everybody liked it. I will say every single pie, and I'm not even a pie gal a lot of the time, every single pie that is shown on the show made me want, want a, a piece of pie. It, they look perfect. His mixed berry pie with yes. like strawberries and blueberries. I was like, oh my gosh, that looks so good. It looks delicious. I love a good apple pie. Yeah, apple's like, probably my favorite. See, I love a good cobbler too, though, which is a little bit different than a pie. Yeah. I like apple pie. I'm not a pumpkin pie gal. Ooh, I love a pumpkin pie. Blech. I don't like when you put crap on it. Just just <laughs> give me the pumpkin. No, not pumpkin pie. I'm not a fan of cherry pie either. I think it tastes like medicine. Yeah, I don't like cherries in general. Um, apple pie is probably my number one. Uh, my grandmother makes a chocolate pie, which I counts. I don't like chocolate pie. I love chocolate pie. My grandmother would also make chocolate pies because everybody in my family likes chocolate pies. Except for you. Except for me. <laughs> um, yeah, I like delicious. chocolate in in bar form, and that's about chocolate it. Okay. I, I'll like chocolate cake every now and then. Yeah, but, but you're not like a chocolate ice cream person. You're not don't a chocolate, like chocolate ice cream because yeah. it doesn't taste like chocolate. You're, I mean, I agree. I agree for sure. Um, going back to the Gruyere in the pie, though, I just thought like fruit and cheese is a thing, though. Like people it is. eat. Pineapple. Like my mom used to shred up some cheddar and throw it on pineapple, which I always thought was weird. I was going to say that is weird. <laughs> it's weird. But, I mean, it, I guess it goes together. I've seen a lot of people do that, but yeah, my, I, I, I mean, my, dad, my pineapple sans cheese. My dad eats apples and cheese. Apples and cheese. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And then there was another, maybe not. But anyway, so Gruyere in a pie maybe isn't so crazy. And it's probably may, I don't fine. know. Is that like a, a sweeter cheese? Maybe. Let us know. Yeah. We'll do an episode on cheeses. <laughs> This is our cheese episode. We're big fans We're, of cheese. I mean, you are, definitely. I love cheese. Yeah, you What, love are you cheese. not? I mean, it's got its place. Cheese is amazing. I'm mildly lactose intolerant. Too much cheese and oh, that's it's not a, not a good time. That's fair. That's fair. Um, love these tangents we're getting on, you guys. Um, okay, question. Where are we? In case she was a jockey. Oh, cheese. They were obsessed with cheese. Okay, two more. Question number six. What nicknames... Did Emerson have for the three other leads? Oh. <laughs> Let's oh, start you with Ned. Uh, pie man? Ah, uh, close. Pie maker. Yeah. And the narrator called him the pie maker, too. The, yeah, everybody called him the pie maker. Okay. Um, Chuck? Dead girl? Yes, very good. And then Olive. He called Olive a couple of different things. Yeah, but towards the end, series. towards the end, he called her this a bunch of times. It's Is it another word for like small? Yes. <laughs> I know it is. Uh, pips, sh- pipsqueak, short no, round. Mm-mm. Uh, it's a weird one. It's not one that's used a lot. It's not, but you you can hear it in his voice if you think about it. And he like looks pipsqueak. at her. No. You're close, though. I know I'm close. It's okay. Here's a hint. It it rhymes. It's two words that rhyme. Oh, two words that rhymes. Um, Ooh, I have, I have a good... I have itty, a, itty bitty. Yeah, good job. I had a really good hint. Do you want to know my hint? Spider. No, that's a great hint. Um, It was a genie quote. The, like... Like, Ned's, I dream of genie? No, 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 or? from Aladdin. Oh. It's like... Grand something something itty power. Living space. Itty bitty living space. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was, um, I knew yeah, I knew it was another word for it's like small or. Short. I loved when he called her that. I thought it was the yeah. cutest thing ever. It's like, hey, itty bitty, is the cutest. Um, okay, last question. What are two of the repeated phrases that the narrator uses in every episode? Two of the repeated phrases. Mm-hmm. Two phrases that the narrator uses in every single episode. Um, well, I mean, he, he tells the rules in every... Yes. I did not write that down, but you're correct. Yep. Technically correct. Technically correct. the best kind of correct. That's, that's true, honey. <laughs> um, one of these is not a specific phrase. It changes every time, but he uses this format. 
Think about how every episode opens. I'm trying to. Young Ned was. Oh, yes. Uh, he he tells their age down like specifically to is it the day or does he go even the second the second yeah because he'll yeah. go young Ned was nine years thirteen or seven six months, months da, 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 da. thirteen days and twenty nine seconds yeah yeah and he does that in every episode in every yeah. episode he yeah. he quantifies the passage of time very very specifically yes so that's one the second one well I've given you two. You have. So technically, you're correct. Do you want me to give you the this one? The best kind of correct. <laughs> Do you want me to give you this one? Yes. Okay. The um. Let me just <clears throat> let me just channel my inner Jim Dale. <clears throat> the facts were these. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the facts were these. Um, he said that when a murder was about to be solved, right at the end, when oh, everything yeah. is figured out, yeah, when they he would say the out. facts were these, and then they would flash back to how they did the murder. How and they all figured that stuff. out? Yeah. The, yeah. Yep. You did good. Thank you. Thank you did you. pretty good. Uh, I did see one. Um, we've mentioned the height of this, and I just see a fun fact on the IMDb page. Yeah. The difference in height between Lee Pace and Kristen Chenoweth mm-hmm. is eighteen point one inches. Oh my gosh, that's insane! That's it. She could sit on his shoulder like a parrot. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. she's so tiny and he's so huge. I do think wasn't there like a close up of them holding hands at one point and his hand is like five times the size of hers. Yeah, insane, yeah. insane. That's so funny. Well, everyone, that is pushing daisies, or at least a general. A general synopsis idea. Of, yeah, a general yeah. synopsis uh, we, of Pushing we Daisies. We definitely, uh, we've said it multiple times throughout this episode, we're going to beat a dead horse. Hey, yo. <gasps> if you watch, you may get that reference. Whoa. Um, <laughs> uh, go watch this. It's yes. just so good. If, and maybe Please if do. we get that boosted up on HBO Max, maybe they'll be like, wait a second, so many people are watching this. <gasps> Can you imagine if we single-handedly bring back Pushing Daisies? And with our audience, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> with our audience of four and a half it's... now give us more credit than that that's true we have more than four and a half we love you guys yes guys thank you i i know we say this in every episode but we really 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 appreciate y'all for listening to us and for telling your friends about us and sharing our posts and all of that stuff and leaving us reviews it really does mean the world we're a tiny little podcast right now but the audience we do have we think we can we think we can yes the audience we do have is very loyal and very very great um thank you thank you thank you for everything uh be sure to follow us on instagram if you have not already we are at the magic fandom podcast on instagram and be sure to send all your suggestions or critiques or whatever. No, no critiques. <laughs> I mean, they're going to send critiques. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, send us to critiques. To our email, that's uh, magicfandompod at gmail.com. Yes. And again, let us know if you start watching Pushing Daisies, if we enticed you to start watching, or if you've already seen it and want to talk about it, please send us a message. We'd love to chat about it with you because, again, it's a great show. It's great a great, show. great show. Speaking of great shows and movies, shall we announce next week? Yeah, so we're going to be starting a, a, a new series. And like we said when we first started talking about this, there's going to be a bunch of series because, I mean, that's just what we're going to do. Yeah. That's how we're going to break things out. It helps us keep things organized. True. Uh, so the next series we're going to start, we're, we started talking about what we wanted to watch and we realized there are a lot of shows and movies and books <laughs> that revolve around babysitting yes and all of the trials and tribulations thereof and this this is uh touches close to home for you absolutely because I've, you are a nanny i am i have been a professional babysitter for a lot a lot a lot a lot of years and i'm a teacher now so it's uh, all kind of under the same Different umbrella. Kind of babysitting. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, so it's all kind of under the same umbrella of babysitter. So we decided to start a babysitter series. Um, and we're very, very excited for the first episode in this series. The first episode is going to be the quintessential classic, Adventures in Babysitting. Duh. Because what? What other movie would we start with of this series than Adventures in Babysitting? But we're also going to talk about the slightly lesser known homage 
two adventures in babysitting starring Jonah Hill called The Sitter. Yes, yes. Uh, very similar themes to Adventures in Babysitting and is loosely based upon that. Um, yeah, I mean, if you watch Adventures in Babysitting and then watch The Sitter, there are a lot of similarities. It's the same and you plot. can tell that it, it is a yeah. uh it, it is a homage yes. to Totally. Adventures in Babysitting. And there's so there's so many things, there's so many places we could go with this series. I mean, um, Babysitter's Club, I grew up with those books. And, then and they have a TV show now. Yes, and the TV show Netflix is great. Maybe Netflix, yes. Uh, shout out Netflix. I may be able to get Dalton to watch that with me because it's actually really, really, really good. Maybe. Um but I, they also have a the... they have a movie from the nineties that I grew oh, up with yeah. that's so great. Rachel Lee Cook is in it. Anyway. I, um, and I, I'm excited because I remember the ABC Family Classics. Uh, and I hope y'all remember this as well. Au Pair and Au Pair 2. And Au Pair 3. There was a third one? I think that there were three. I loved these movies. They would come on like Saturdays or days when we were not in school. And my I was like, favorite, oh my gosh, Au Pair is on. And I would watch it every line, time. My favorite line, that little kid goes, Taekwondo. And she goes, Bye Beta Kappa. <laughs> It's funny. It was funny to me. <laughs> I can't wait to rewatch those because when Dalton brought up Au Pair, I was like, it was like I was going back in time. I was like, I have not thought about these movies in forever, but I loved them. They were so good. But anyway, yes, next week we will be starting the Babysitter series with Adventures in Babysitting. And we are so excited about it. It is, I mean, that's another movie that I grew up with. So it's really, really, really good. Um, I think that's it. Anything else? Uh, think that's I think about we it. said everything that we needed to say. Um, have a wonderful rest of your week, and we will talk to y'all next time here on the Magic Fandom. Thanks again for listening. Bye bye now. Bye.